Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly, and today I'm talking to one of my favourite writers. I know they're all, all my favourite, this is one of my very favourite writers, Sharon Laws, who's just joined Bigler and is about to raise the flesh well on with her team. Hello, Sharon. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Looking forward to going off for a race. I've only done two so far this year, so <laughs> I'm ready yeah, to get going just... again. <laughs> oh, you started the season and um, injured yourself, didn't you? Yes, on the first stage in Qatar, so it wasn't really the best start. No. And since then I've raced at Binder, so... Well, we haven't really had the climbing races yet, so I suppose if you had to miss them, mm, yeah, it still sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's always good to have the early racing just to kind of use it as preparation so that yeah, it's race fitness, which is you, you can train really hard, but I don't think you can simulate the same effect as you get from racing, so... I feel I'm slightly on the back foot tonight. Yeah, and is it strange because it's a brand new team? I mean, have you still been able to do team bonding and things like that? Or, I mean, how does it work when you're injured? Well, we had a really good training camp in January. So that was two weeks. So it was quite long. So I felt like I got to know everybody really well there. And obviously, I knew quite a lot of the girls before. And I've raced on the same team as Iris and Shelley and Ashley before. So... Mm -hmm. From a team bonding point of view, I don't feel I've missed out too much. But from a race and fitness point of view, there's definitely been a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Oh, well, let, let's, let's, let's look to the future. The future. And um, what I wanted to do was ask you a little bit about Flesh Well On, because uh, you're a climber and Flesh has climbing. Well, I, I went in the car once and I don't think there's any flat parts. There's maybe a couple of bits along the river that are flat, but it definitely seems like a Sharony kind of race. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a really, really hard race, and I prefer harder races. So uh, we have Ashley in the team who, so she's, I think, finished top five the last three years. So mm. I'll be working hard for her. Um, and yeah, hoping that um, as a team we can get on the podium. Yeah, I mean, Ash was the first ever rider from Africa and South Africa to get on the podium of a World Cup, and she did it at Flesh a couple of years ago, didn't she? Yes, that's right. Oh, that must be fun. Does that give you, I mean, how does that make you feel going into a race like that? supporting someone like that I think it's yeah it makes the race much more exciting and when you know that you've got the chance of uh, getting a team result at the end it's it's really exciting so I'm really looking forward to it excellent and so can you explain for people who may have never known about Flesh Willon <laughs> what kind of race is it what's it like to ride um well a lot of people just assume it's about the Muir, which is a really steep it's about one point two K climb at the end. Uh it, I think it averages nine point three percent, but uh, there's pictures of twenty one percent. Um but it's generally a really aggressive race. I think in the past often people used to just wait to the Muir, but now it's uh kind of like two laps with lots of climbs and I think with the state of the teams now such as Wiggle and Dolmans um, and Velocio, I think it's going to be a really aggressive race. So I, d I don't think there's going to be any waiting around for the Muir. Mm. Um, in 2010, I remember we rode for Emma. It was the year that Emma won. And basically our aim was to get Emma to the bottom of the climb, uh, not let any brakes go away, and then Emma could do her thing. And I remember her saying she had like an armchair ride until <laughs> she got to the bottom of the Muir and then she just obviously did, did what Emma does and went as hard as she could and won. Um, so I think, it's, I think it's going to be a different kind of scenario to that. And I think there's going to be a lot of attacks and I think it's going to be really aggressive. 
it's a really exciting race because it's run at the same time as the men. So there's quite a lot of spectators mm. and especially yeah. I actually find the Muir quite hard because it's really loud. Well, apart from the the actual effort that's required, obviously. Um, but it's really loud with the spectators, and there's quite a horrible smell of food and people having hot dogs and all of that kind of stuff. So it's quite hectic. Um, and the run into the Muir is also really, really fast. It's a big main road. Um, mm. Come down a descent on a big main road, and then obviously being in the right position is critical so it's a lot of fighting to be at the front and it's it's very crazy so that's yeah it's quite a, it's quite a stressful race from that point of view yeah I think in the last couple of years we've seen people kind of attack on that on that last climb and on that last descent so you're kind of as well as fighting for position also ch trying to chase someone down to try and catch them on the lure aren't you yeah I must admit actually the times I've done it uh, only one time there's been a break ahead and that was we had Lucinda Brandt it's when I rode for our drinks in 2012 we had Lucinda Brandt ahead the other times it's actually always been a a, a select group not mm. a, still a big group but not um but it's been a group but I I wrote, the last time I did it was 2012 so I think the scenarios have played out quite differently the last few years yeah, and I suppose, I mean, it must be quite interesting because you were you came to cycling relatively late, but you must have seen it change quite a lot, even in your kind of relatively short career. Yeah, definitely. I've been, I, actually, Flesh Wallon was my very first race. Oh, wow. Um, in, in Europe, so wow. it was straight at the deep end. Um, and I was riding, we had a, a British team, so it was, um, as a national team, so it was with Nicole and Emma. Um and it was an incredible atmosphere. I mean, that was an incredible race to do as my first race. But I definitely think the standard has got a lot higher in women's racing, in the especially in the last couple of years. And also the teams, the way they ride together, I think it's it, it's much more about the strength of the team now. Whereas yeah. I think maybe yeah. when I first started, it was more to do with individuals. But now, yeah, the people who are winning, it, it's definitely down to having the strength behind the team as well. It's interesting because you started in the Cervelo Test team as your first, well, proper pro team, I think. Would you agree? Yeah, because yeah, 2008 was mainly national team and then 2009 I was mountain biking. So. Yeah, and, and I think the Cervelo Test team, I always remember, you know, HTC and Cervelo kind of changing the landscape of women's cycling a bit, like, like having those casts of thousands and that teamwork. Yeah, that's right. I think that's where it kind of all started. But then I think maybe there were... Yeah, there was only a couple of strong teams, whereas now I think the the number of strong teams is a lot bigger. Yeah, definitely for sure, and it, and it feels like I mean, it feels like Bigler's yet to kind of really splash onto the scene yet, but but it's inevitable because you look at the people on that team. You've got you know Anna Meek and Ashley, and you know people, riders like Shelley and Iris. It's just it's, it seems like a really interesting mix. Yeah, I think um, we've got the. Uh, the spread of all the riders so climbers sprinters all-rounders um I think we've had quite a lot of bad luck with Shelley has broken a rib I broke my collarbone uh Doris got really sick Joelle's been sick I've also been sick so we haven't really had the best start yet um and obviously it's quite different riding as a team all together when you haven't ridden as a team before whereas like Dolphins mm. have mainly the same people and Velocio and Rabobank and Wiggle, although they've got new people, it's kind of a whole group of them came from high tech. So they're quite used to racing together. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's just going to take a bit of time and hopefully we'll be getting the results soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the season's really long, isn't it? It's like, I, I think that's the interesting thing about the World Cup is it's something like the first four races are over, what, six weeks, something like that? Yeah, yeah which is a bit of a shame, really. Yeah, because it's so it kind of feels like time's flown, but but when you look at it like in reality and with all the races still to come, there's there's kind of like plenty of time to to kind of get you know still some World Cup Classics glory to be had, isn't there? It's not like it's over. Yeah. So when you joined the team, did you know that Manella Canberra was going to be the DS, or was that, or did that come after you joined? Uh, no, that was one of the reasons why I joined the team. <laughs> yeah, because you'd ridden with both Savello and Manel at the same time. No, I hadn't ridden with uh, Manel. Actually, uh, was the year before I rode for oh, Savelle. Okay. Um, and but everyone who rode the previous year had spoken really highly of him as a director, and I really like his aggressive tactics and um, and he's really motivating. So yeah, that was one of the main reasons. Well, I wanted to be in Europe as well. <laughs> yeah, um, was the main reason. But having Manel as the director was also one of the contributing factors uh, interesting because of course you were riding last year with united healthcare in the usa i mean how, how was that as an experience it was really really good i loved the team i it's, was really um professionally ran in terms of women's cycling i love being part of the men's team um there was definitely a feeling of like one team not not separate um, and for me, it was a great experience. I hadn't raced in the States and it was something that I'd always wanted to do before I finished, um, riding as a pro. So it was a, it was really great. I'm slightly disappointed this year because I think there's a lot of new, exciting races in America. And of course, now I'm not there, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the tour of California and us pro challenge and tour of Utah and everything. I think, yeah, the, the scene there is really growing. It's really hard racing. Um, mm. There's not the depth, obviously, that there is in Europe, and the roads are much bigger, so positioning is not such a a thing. But um, the court, the in terms of the distance and the um, severity of the courses, are actually really, really hard. So, from that point of view, it was, it, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so excited that they've got like they're just about to start uh, next week the the kind of mini the, the first mini UCI season, and that seems like. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful that USA riders don't have, you know, can, can, can stay at home, basically. Well, home if it's on the other, on the other yeah. side of the country. <laughs> um, and race and get those results. And I, I kind of feel like it's nice to see that kind of internationalisation again. You know, having a World Cup in North America again is... Yeah, and Philadelphia I did last year, it's a really incredible race. So it's actually, the climb is quite similar to the Muir, not as, not as hard, but... And we do a lot of laps of it, and it's, yeah, it's going to be a very exciting yeah. race. My favourite thing in the world, one of my favourite things in the world of cycling is the Manayunk Wall, just because of, you know, people going out and basically naming some really steep hill in their neighbourhood. Right, this is now an iconic cycling climb, and yeah. I love that <laughs> so much, just because I'm jealous. I want to do that. <laughs> so you're, you're out in the States, and you said that you wanted to come back to Europe. Was, uh, what, what, was, what was driving that? Or um, well, mainly, I just practicalities. I have a flat in Girona, which I rent. Um, all my stuff's here. I really love living in Girona. And yeah, it just if I'm racing in America, it's living out of a bag the whole time. And yeah, mm. I guess I'm a bit old for that. I just quite like having a home, a proper home to come come back to after racing. <laughs> and, I, and I really love Girona. Yeah. So and it, it, in the long term, Europe's where I would be based. Not I think it would be different if I was like 
25 and just starting my cycling career, then I would would definitely have stayed with UHC because I think they're a really good team. And there was, an, you know, a real opportunity to grow there as a rider. But for me at this age and, and this point in my career, it just, it, I wanted to live in Girona, so it wasn't really practical. Yeah, and you've lived all over the world, haven't you? You've lived in Australia and Africa and, I mean, it's, now, now you've ticked off America as a continent to live on. Um, where where you got left? <laughs> well, I can't say I've ticked off America as a big place. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I love South America and there's a lot of other places I'd like to to explore as well. Yeah, yeah. So you're back in Europe and you're also working as a consultant again, aren't you? In your, I'm going to say spare time in inverted commas. Well, currently not. I did quite a lot last year. Um, but at, yeah, at the moment, I just, I felt that it wouldn't be wise to take any on. Mm. Just in terms of, I think last year it worked well because I had a kind of gap when I wasn't racing. But it's impossible to to do that kind of work when I'm I have a full on race schedule. Obviously now it hasn't <laughs> turned out that way, but I've been working really hard on training and um, so yeah, just I can't do the work if I can't give a hundred percent to it. So I haven't actually taken any yeah. on so far. Yeah, and for people who don't know you, for people who are new to Sharon, what consultancy work do you do? Environmental consultant, but uh, more working on corporate social responsibility issues. Um, or conservation so not the not the kind of what I think people when they think of environmental consultants they think of things like pollution and that kind of thing so that's yeah I'm not qualified in that or environmental impact assessments I've much more worked with um, the private sector and NGOs on conservation issues Mm -hmm. protecting plants and animals and helping companies make sure they minimize their environmental footprint Oh, it's just so exciting because you've got um, you've you've worked you've worked for some amazing places and you've worked for Kew Gardens. Didn't you work for the UN, the United Nations, at one point? Yes, I've worked for the British government, the Department for International Development, and um, the United Nations Development Program. Again, that was on biodiversity issues, and I've worked for Kew Gardens um, and Rio Tinto, the mining company, as well. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I think is so exciting about the women's peloton is you've got people like yourself who have these. I mean, and actually thinking about it in in your team, you know, you've got Iris who's uh, who's designer in her spare time. Spare time, um, you know, Ash was an engineering student. Uh, Anamik has a degree in some kind of um, bio, bio bioengineering or something, doesn't she? I think she has a master's too. <laughs> Yeah, so it's is, is that a, is that a, is that normal or is that I mean in your cycling life is that normal to be around um, other women like that or? Um, I'd say it's quite half actually, um, and in America I'd say there's it's more because um, a lot of people there are studying or have had jobs or actually still have jobs. So um, yeah, it's probably about there's a there's some riders who have been riding since they were young and that's their only thing. Um, but then there's others who, who, there's a lot of riders who are still studying as well. And obviously, um, you were riding with Emma Pooley while she was doing her PhD. Does that ever, does that tempt you to do one of your own? Um, I've actually always wanted to do a PhD, but um, after my master's, I started work. And then it was always quite hard to go back. <laughs> after <the first> month. <laughs> yeah. But now I must admit, actually, I'm quite tempted now. I haven't really been earning very much money. I could probably manage on a PhD. <laughs> There's, there's something quite similar to student life and cycling life, isn't there? Yes, no, that's true. I'd really love to do ethnobotany, so... 
what's ethnobotany? Uh, the kind of use of plants. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah traditional yeah. use of plants, basically. Excellent. And so, obviously, you love the travel of the cycling and you've, and the and the adventure of the cycling, but what is it that's kept you going? Because you've had some hard knocks, you've had some hard crashes, you've had some, some, some down, some low, some low times, but what, what's kept you in the sport? Um, I think mainly because there's always been something to try and aim for. Um, so up until 2012, I'd kind of broken something each year, I think, but I always had wanted to try to qualify for London, so that was kind of the goal. And then mm. after that year, I had a really big crash in 2013. Um, and in retrospect, maybe it might have been better to stop then, but I didn't want to finish my cycling career remembering such a negative or finishing on such a negative note. I think mm. it's definitely had a lot of lows, um, but it's also been a privilege. So I didn't want to remember it just as a bad, <laughs> like a bad time, which I think it would have done if I'd have stopped then. Um, yeah. but 2013 was a real struggle it was not a fun year at all just to be back in the peloton and not at the level I normally am was yeah it was really demoralizing so I was really glad and I really appreciated UHC giving me the opportunity and it also gave me the chance to go somewhere different and experience a whole new race scene so that was again the reason for for continuing for another year um, <laughs> and then at the end of last year I'd also considered stopping again but then I actually had two contract offers on the table and I just know there's a lot of time to work <laughs> in my life yet so yeah. it just seemed stupid to stop when people obviously were still interested in me as a rider so it, yeah I, I must admit it was really hard in January when I broke my collarbone because then it was another point of oh maybe I should have stopped <laughs> um it's, yeah but it was so early, yeah, I hadn't even done any races yet. So trying to pick myself up and and start again. But I definitely, yeah, it's kind of, it's not a, the great start at all. And I definitely feel like I'm on the back foot now. So just trying to get back up to race fitness, having not being able to race is going to be quite hard. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I guess, what well, I guess, yeah. But I think you have come back from, you've come back from worse crashes, haven't you? Yeah, no, definitely. But I think each time you have a knock, then it kind of gets harder. So I broke my collarbone the first time in, um, or I think the first thing I did was I broke my fibula. And then, you know, you're so motivated and so energetic and you just want to race again as soon as possible. Um, and he, I think each time you get another knock, it just makes it harder and harder. But looking ahead, if you could achieve anything, you, if, if you could achieve, like if you could have your ideal year, what would happen this year for you? Um, well, that's quite a hard question. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, obviously it would be amazing to get on the podium in a, in a race. That would be incredible. Um, I don't know the reality of that. And I guess I'll, if I can just finish the year knowing that I've done as much as I can for the team and, and I've enjoyed the year and I haven't regretted continuing riding, then I think that will be, yeah, that will be really good. Yeah. And so I guess, so I guess, you know, and this is a weird thing about being a domestique, isn't it? I mean, obviously all domestiques go for their own whims, but, but, you know, contributing to Ash winning or Anamique winning or Shelley winning, is that, is that, does that count as winning for you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, in reality, I think at the moment, especially after the collarbone break, that's more realistic. And they stand a real, I think Shelley um, stands a really good chance for 
stages in the Giro and in the sprints and Annemiek and Ashley in the harder stages too. So as long as I can play a role um, in that, that, that's really important. It, there's nothing worse than just being at a race just to make up the numbers. So I want to be part of the racing and make a difference. Yeah, yeah. And will, will you be riding in England this year? Will you be doing the Women's Tour of Britain, do you know? I really hope so. That's Yeah, that's the plan. And for me, that's a really big uh, kind of target. I'd really like to be in good shape for that race. Um, I actually have quite a hectic race programme before that because I have to do the American races and then Vera and then straight to the Tour of Britain. So it's going to be quite a hectic race block. But it was such an incredible event last year and to get the mountain jersey was really, yeah, not expected and it was just amazing. So I really, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, what was the atmosphere like? Because, I mean, obviously you've, 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 ridden, you've ridden some big races, but what was it like going on the podium all those days? It was really incredible. I think just the British public are so keen on cycling now and uh, the, the race organisers had made such an effort to get the community involved especially the school children um, and it was really really special and the fact that it was on tv each night made such a difference as well so I think even the European girls were really quite surprised how much publicity and and spectators there were particularly given how bad the weather was <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. this year hopefully if it's in June potentially the weather might be slightly better so <laughs> optimist Sharon Laws <laughs> Yeah, I think Elisa Longo Borghini said that I'd, I'd said that everyone in Britain just walks around in the rain, you know, we don't bother with umbrellas. And she said she hadn't believed me. And then she saw it in England. Yeah, everyone just is so used to getting rained on. <laughs> so finally, if there were people who were going out to ride Fleshwell on for the first time tomorrow, not tomorrow, for, sorry, for the first time this week, what advice would you give them? Uh, I think... To, well, as in all races, you need to be at the front at the critical moments, um, particularly on the climbs. And if you can't, if you're not super good at climbing, it's always better to start the front and drift back than start at the back because then you've got nowhere to drift. <laughs> um, and just to enjoy it, it's an incredible atmosphere. It's, yeah, a World Cup is, is really special anyway, but a World Cup that's run at the same time as one of the big men's races is, is really incredible. I think Flesh, for me, Flesh and Plouet are very similar atmospheres and um yeah just enjoy it excellent and and the moor apart from the smell of sausages and the the, the crowds yelling at you on either side how how should they approach the moor uh just accept, apart from being at the front <laughs> except it's going to be painful <laughs> <laughs> it, it's short <laughs> it's short but uh, yeah however easy you ride it it's always <laughs> it's always hard so but it's an iconic climb. So I guess enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy the app. Enjoy it in retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations on coming back from your injury. And, you know, massive good luck. We'll be, um, we'll be cheering from you on, for you from the sofa. Thank you. Oh, and if people want to find you, where, are, where do you live on the internet, Sharon? Uh, just on Twitter. Um, Sharon and Laws, I think. <laughs> Sharon N. Laws and yeah and and yeah and follow Sharon and follow her team Bigler of course excellent well thank you so much thank you